Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. The goal here is for me to help you learn how to experience God in real life. The goal here is not to compartmentalize your life into church life, home life, work life. The goal is, is for you to experience God and for me to help you and for us to help others who come and join us and those that we work with and those that we go to school with and for those that are our neighbors is to help them experience God in real life. I think about math oftentimes in this example that we're going to look at today. You know, I hate math. All right. Uh, I think those people that like math are a little off. Anybody else agree with me? Yeah, I do too. Um, listen, I hate math. And the thing about math is, is that, and I've learned this a lot, uh, I have, I have a, a niece that she, uh, she's from Ethiopia. Uh, my, my brother actually adopted her, and she had to uh, start from the beginning with math because she had never been in school. With math, you can't just jump in. You can't just jump in and start in fifth grade. You have to start from the very beginning because math, here's what math does. It builds on itself. Are you with me? It builds on itself from one year to the next. I'm going to be honest with you guys. About seventh grade, maybe sixth grade, I can't remember exactly when it was back then, but math did something that messed me up. It introduced letters. See, I was good with math right up until it introduced letters. And I'm like, no, you use math to add and subtract. You use letters to spell. And so from the point when letters were introduced in math, I went and I checked out. As a matter of fact, I remember the last math class I ever took, and I was so happy in college because I had looked at my curriculum and I realized I never again had to take a math class. But math builds on itself from one to the other to the other to the other. It starts with the basics, all right, the basics, and it builds on itself. And the further along you go, the more it builds on itself. And here it is, the deeper the knowledge that you have about mathematics when you are working through that process. That's what math does. Today, you guys, in the text we're going to look at today, I want you to know that he is going to be talking about our spiritual lives building on itself. Our spiritual lives building on, going from the basics and building on our spiritual lives. And that's exactly what he's going to talk about. 
Don't forget where we are. These people in Hebrews, they are, they are frustrated. The people in Hebrews have been persecuted. They have been put down. They have been knocked down. And what the writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, I know you've been through these things, but I want to tell you something. Jesus is greater. He is greater than those things. And here are the reasons he's greater than those things. And so far, we've listed off all of the reasons why Jesus is greater. And today, we're going to look at spiritual growth. It's found in Hebrews chapter 5, starting in verse 11. Hebrews chapter 5, starting in verse 11. Here's what it says. <clears throat> there is much more we'd like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain. And here it is. Especially since you are spiritually dull and you don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basics, uh, the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature. Those who, who, uh, who, train through, uh, who through training have the skills to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And then chapter 6 starts this and it says, So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. And let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start up again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. For it's impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of God, the word of God, and the power of the age to come, and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the Son of God themselves. They are nailing him again to the cross over and over again, holding him up to public shame. When the ground soaks up the falling rain and, and bears a good crop uh, for the farmer, it has God's blessing. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Dear friends, even though we are, we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are, that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers, as you still do. <clears throat> Our great desire is that you keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that you, uh, you, that you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull, he says dull again, and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because their faith, because of their faith and endurance. Well, he's pretty blunt here, isn't he? It's kind of blunt, isn't he? He is. He's really blunt here. He says, hey, listen, I'm kind of sick and tired of going over the basic things with you guys over and over and over and over again. 
And then he says, listen, when bad things happen with people, and this is true, I want you to hear this. When bad things happen with people or people go and they get they get trials and they get tribulations, when they get bad things that happen and they're a believer, if you're spiritually immature, you will more than likely stop at that point growing spiritually. Even though God's given you an opportunity to grow spiritually through the process, you will stop growing spiritually because you will think, well, this is not working for me. I'm not going to do this. And you'll stop growing spiritually and you'll stay there and you'll never grow spiritually anymore. He's saying it's very difficult. It's very difficult for those people who once knew the great salvation. They are, they've been saved, but they stop growing spiritually right where they are. And that's true for you and me. Oftentimes we too will stop growing spiritually when something negative happens to us, when someone lets us down, when something happens in our lives, we'll stop growing spiritually. And when you do that, when you do that, that is a sign of spiritual immaturity in your life. I want you to hear that. Him saying it, not me, but I'll say it too. That is a sign of spiritual immaturity in your life. When you allow an event, an event in the long term to make your faith go backwards. Now listen, it's natural, it's natural for us to be disappointed with God and he's okay with that. It's natural for us to be angry with God even. And I want to tell you something, he's okay with that too. What's not natural is that when we decide, hey, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm done with this. And you no longer pursue the things of God. He uses the word dull over and over and over again. It makes me think of a story. There was a, there was a, a lumberjack that was, he was an old man and he was really needing some help um, on his farm. And, and so he, uh, he hired this young kid. He was a really strong kid and he, was, he came out and, and the lumberjack really wanted to motivate the kid. And uh, the kid came out and he was like, hey, listen, here's, here's what we'll do. He said, um, um, Today, at the end of the day, I will pay you this wage. And the kid was like, uh, okay, it was an okay wage. It wasn't a great wage. It was like, okay, okay. He said, but here's the situation, though. If you cut down more trees than I do, I'll pay you double. Well, that motivated the young kid. The young kid got super motivated. So they were on either side. They couldn't see each other on either side of the hollow cutting down trees. And, man, that young kid, he went at it, bro. I mean, he was like... Wham, wham, wham. Boom, he felt cut. And all of a sudden he stopped after about an hour and a half. And he was like, wait a minute. The old man's tired already. So that kid, he just kept on going. He was like, oh, I'm going to totally beat him. 15 or 20 minutes, he didn't hear anything. And all of a sudden he heard the old man starting again. He goes, yeah, yeah, he's, I'm getting to him. Wa-boom, 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 wa-boom. At lunchtime, they kind of came together and Kid wasn't going to say anything because he was like, man, I got this guy. I'm going to make double, double what I, I'm, I can do this every day. He goes back out. Wa-boom, wa-boom, wa-boom. He's going at it, man. All of a sudden, about an hour and a half later, the old man stops again. And he's like, man, that old coot. I'm totally, I'm, I'm totally defeating him big time. At the end of the day, they came together. And they began to count the number of trees that had been knocked down. And the old man had beat the young kid. The reason the old man had beat the young kid, the kid was so upset. He said, how in the world did you do that? He said, well, you see, what you did is you never stopped to sharpen your axe. But after every hour to an hour and a half, I sat down and sharpened the blade. 
And so what I was doing was much more effective than what you were doing. You see, it appeared as if you would get further if you worked harder. But the truth of the matter is, is you have to have a sharp axe. And that's what I know. And that's what I want to teach you today. And that's what I want to teach you today. To have a sharp axe. The word dull there, it means sluggish, negligent, and lazy. That's what it means. They've become sluggish. They've become negligent. They've just kind of kind of just there. Can I tell you guys something? As honest as I can be, I definitely don't want to get political this morning, but it feels like America is kind of dull right now. Does anybody else feel that? Does anybody else feel that America is just kind of dull and kind of sluggish? I feel that way. I really do. I feel like that America is kind of dull and kind of sluggish. I feel like America is in the, you know, you watch these boxing matches. I told you before I love boxing. You watch these boxing matches. Man, 12th, 12th round, the guys just come out and they're hitting each other. But they're, honestly, let's be honest, unless someone's behind by a lot, most of the time the 12th round is just two guys laying on each other, hitting each other every once in a while. But they're so wore out that they can't, they can't hit each other. The truth of the matter is, is that oftentimes we too, as a church, are slow and we're dull and we're, su- we're sluggish. And that can lead to us being negligent. And so what the writer is saying is, is he's saying, listen, we need to make sure that we sharpen our axe. We need to make sure that we sharpen our axe. I want to tell you something. There's another thing that he says here, and a lot of people have interpreted this wrong. I want you to not forget, he's talking to followers of Jesus here. Okay, the guy's talking to followers of Jesus. So the people he's talked to are followers of Jesus. Now, what a lot of people think is, a lot of people think, well, you know, um, uh, what he's saying here, he's saying that 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 in, in verse uh in, but in verse 8, but if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Okay? Now, I want you to understand something. When he's talking about the farmer burning the field, he's not talking about hell. He's not talking about, oh, we're just going to sit on the hell. Here's what he's talking about. I have a friend of mine. He does this about every three or four years. And I'm always, he always scares the poo out of me doing this. But he lives in Tennessee. He does this every three or four years. He's got a really nice sod yard. Okay, he does. He's got a really nice sod yard. And once every three or four years, you know what he does with that yard? He burns the yard. Like he'll, he'll, I said, hey man, what are you doing today? Well, I'm burning my sod. And I'm like, why are you burning your sod? And he explains to me that, that it helps with the growth the next season. He takes away all of the, all, I'll call them negative, all of the negative influences on the grass. He burns all of it down. Because there's already roots planted. He burns all of that, what we would call the grass is fruit. He burns all that bad stuff down so that the good stuff can come up. And it's amazing because he does that usually in the fall and in the spring. Oh my gosh, his, his grass is so good. His, his grass looks so nice. It looks so nice whenever, whenever he, uh, he comes. I mean, it comes out, it's green, it's really lush. That's exactly what he's talking about here. He's saying, I want you to understand something. A lot of you guys have been producing fruit that's bad. A lot of you guys have been producing bad fruit. And so because of that, the farmer will come out and he will burn that off. It's almost like a reset button. And I've talked to you about a reset button before. He's resetting and saying, hey, listen, let's reset where we are right now. Let's reset where we are right now. In the end, he said, listen, I don't think this is who you are. I don't think this is who you are. I don't think this is the person you are. I, I, know, I know your deeds here, and I don't think that you guys are this person. 
but you need to grow spiritually. I want to teach you the deeper things. And church, I'll tell you this, I want to teach you the deeper things as well. But I want to challenge you that you too need to grow spiritually. You do. You need to grow spiritually. A lot of us come in and we never want to get past just the basics. We never want to get past the basics. But I want to tell you something. If you're going to live the abundant life that John 10.10 talks about, you have to get past the basics. Okay? Two plus two equals four. Okay? But if, if you came in and you were in a math class in high school, if you were in a math class in high school and they first cut out, hey, listen, two plus two equals four, you would say, I'm in the wrong math class. I'm in the wrong math class. And you would immediately say, I already know this stuff. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to grow with this. I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to learn with this. I'm not, this is not going to enhance my life at all because I already know these things. The truth of the matter is, is that oftentimes spiritually in churches, what happens oftentimes is they tell the same story over and over and over and over again, and you miss out on the good things of God, and the good things of God are often in the deeper levels of faith and in the deeper levels of understanding. That's where, they, that's where they're found. And so I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you to decide to go deeper. How do we do it? Well, the first thing you have to realize is that we are missing out on experiencing God's goodness because of our spiritual immaturity. We are. We're missing out on a goodness of God because of our spiritual immaturity. A lot of us, instead of what they do is, a lot of people do this. We've had people visit here before. They'll come here and they'll be looking, they'll be looking completely to be fed. Now, it is my job to teach you and to help guide you and admonish you at certain times. But the truth of the matter is, is this. We have to go from wanting to be fed to feeding ourselves and to connecting with God in such a way that you don't have to come through me. Remember what I told you last week and the week before. We have a great high priest, and that great high priest is not just available to you on Sundays or when you want to come to confession. Are you with me? That great high priest is with you at all times. You have the ability to do what we call self-feeding, to feed yourself. You shouldn't have to come to church to get fed. Now, I want to feed you when you're here at church, and I want you to learn, and I want you to grow. But the goal is, is for you not to be so dependent on me as a person or the church as an entity. The goal is, is for you not to be so dependent on this Sunday morning worship service that you don't grow spiritually during the week. Are you with me? We have, we have become, y'all listen, and this is true, we have become a consumer-driven church society. We have. We've become a consumer-driven church society. That's one of the reasons why, you guys, I'm not real big on all the flash and bang, okay? I'm not real big on, I'm not real big on every time Dan starts to do worship and stuff, I always tell him, I say, hey man, I don't want rock and roll Jesus up here, all right? I don't want smoke machines and fog machines, and I don't want all those things. I don't want those things, okay? I want a stage, I, I, I want some lighting, and I want people who have a genuine love and need for God. You, you guys know when we get the most compliments on our worship during the, you know, you know when we get the most compliments? Whenever it's scaled completely down and it's acoustic. That's when you got, oh my gosh, it was so good today. Probably because it's different, but also because it feels more genuine to us. It's kind of scaled back and we see, we, we can, it's almost like we can, we can engage in a deeper level with those things. But I don't want all those things because we've become a consumer driven church. It's what we become. We become a consumer church. I have talked to more people that are like, well, 
I go over to this church because I really don't have to do anything. You know what I mean? I go over to this church because I don't have to do anything. Or I go over to that church because I don't really don't have to do anything. Or, yeah, I can go get my good one hour of Jesus and leave. All right? Uh, can I tell you something? That's worthless. It is. It's worthless. It's worthless if you want to have an abundant life. It's worthless if you want to go deeper with God. It's worthless. It's worthless. It's just as worthless as you being in a math class when you're in high school and all your teacher does is say 2 plus 2 is 4 and 2 plus 3 is 5. It's the same stuff. You're not going deeper. Now, listen, here's the truth. You're going to feel good when you walk out. You are. You're going to feel great like, oh, man, we came to church today. Man, that message really hit me. But the majority of people don't ever write anything down, so they forget what they've learned by Tuesday. Did you guys know that? If you're not writing what I'm saying down right now, if you're not taking notes right now, by Tuesday you will forget 93% of what you've learned. That's just an old thing you learned when I was in education. You just kind of learned that. Oh, that's taking notes one-on-one. So, but the truth is, is that a lot of people have built their lives on sand, and they think they're on the rock, but they built their lives on sand. And so here's what happens. Whenever a major event occurs, and I'm not getting on you guys, because like he said, I know you guys don't do this. But here's the truth. When, when, when we build our lives on sand and a major event occurs, storm comes through, we figure out who was on the rock and who's on the sand. But here's the scary part. When you're on the sand, it still feels kind of solid. Are you with me? It still feels kind of solid. When I like walk on the beach and I stand there on the beach, that sand feels solid. It really does. It feels solid. You know, I can't stomp it and it go way down. It just goes down just a little bit. It feels really solid right up until the tide rolls in. And when the tide rolls in, it hits under my feet. And guess what happens? All the sand's washed away and I almost fall. (laughs) That's what happens. The same is true for our lives. It feels solid. It feels solid, but the truth of the matter is, if we're not going deeper spiritually, if we're not engaging with God during the week, the truth of the matter is, is that it's sand and it's not solid. Because when something happens, and it will happen, instead of progressing, instead of allowing God to use that, we regress and we go backwards. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is trying to say today. James says this, he puts it very clear, he basically says this, he says, you come close to God and he'll come close to you. James chapter 4 verse 8 says that. It says, hey, you draw near to God, okay? Draw, it says, come close to God and God will come close to you. And then he says this, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Is that not the truth today? I want you to read that with me. Go back to that, please. Read that again with me. Come close to God and God will come close to you. And then he says, wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts. Your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Your loyalty is divided. But that loyalty won't be divided if you do this. If you draw near to God and he will draw near to you. But here's the caveat. Here's the kicker. It's like everything else in life, you guys. Here's the kicker. Spiritual growth is a decision. I want you to hear that. Spiritual growth is a decision. You have to decide to grow spiritually. I want to tell you something. You're not going to come and give your life over to Christ. And all of a sudden, poof, spiritual growth happens. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You have to do it intentionally. You have to do it intentionally. 
You have to have intentionality about your spiritual life. You have to decide that you want to grow. We decide and we do the steps that God asks us to do and then God allows the growth. Are you with me? We decide and God allows the growth. You have to be intentional. You say, well, what do I have to be intentional about? Well, let me let you know. You have to be intentional to die to yourself every day. You have to intentionally do that. You have to do that. Right before I came up here, I was standing right back there and I said this under my breath. I said, God, I die to myself right now and I want you to speak and take me out of the way. You have to be intentional to do that. Do I do that all the time? No, I do not. I fail just like you do. But you have to be intentional to die to self. You have to be intentional about connecting with God. You have to intentionally do that. You have to be intentional about connecting with maybe someone who can be an accountability partner. Someone you can do battle with. Someone who's maybe, you know, who, who's maybe an equal to you or a little spiritually uh, uh, above you a little bit where you guys can connect and they can grow and you can learn. Listen, you have to be intentional about small group. You have to be intentional about small group. You have to intentionally decide, no matter what, uh, Tuesdays from 6.30 until 8.30, I'm going to be in small group because I want to grow spiritually. You have to be intentional about it. You have to see the value in it. And when you see the value in it, and you do your part, God will do his part And when those negative things happen and when life happen, when life events happen, you won't be tossed around like the waves. You won't be like the sand coming out because you've built your life on the rock. You have to be intentional about studying the Bible. You have to be intentional about going to our women's ministry group. You have to be intentional about going to our men's ministry group. You have to be intentional about bringing your kids to our children's ministry stuff. You have to be intentional about their youth activities. You have to be intentional about serving. Listen, right now, as I sit here today, right now, we have an opportunity for you to serve right now today. Our children's ministry needs a few volunteers You need to serve in that. You have to be intentional about that. You have to go and be intentional about that. Miranda will be standing right out there in front of a big sign that says, real kids, you guys can go right up to her and say, hey, guess what? I'm going to be intentional today. I want to serve today. You have to do that. I know, right, you're saying, man, I don't really like kids. I don't like kids either. But we have to be intentional. I love kids. We have to be intentional. We have to be intentional about that. Can I tell you the quickest way to get over your your blahs? Can I tell you the quickest way to get over your woe is me? Can I tell you the quickest way? Here it is. Go serve somebody else. Go serve somebody else. And you find out, you know what? I have the ability to serve another person. And, you know, and oftentimes you serve somebody else and you're like, man, someone needs me. Someone needs me. So instead of coming in every Sunday and, and getting fat off the feed... Serve once a month. Jump into a ministry once a month. Help out with the women's ministry. Help out with the men's ministry. Attend those things. Help out with our children's ministry. Go up to Jacob after the service and say, hey man, I want to serve in our youth. I want to have, a, I want to have an impact in their lives. That's what's important. It's interesting because uh, this afternoon at 2 o'clock, <clears throat> I, I get the honor. I, I was asked to do Miss Joanne uh, Phillips' memorial service. The whole side over here that's usually here is not here. They're actually at the memorial service. They're going to be at the memorial service at 2 o'clock. Um, and um, 
here's the cool thing, though. This is so cool that I get to share this today. Joanne gave her life to Christ about two and a half, three years ago. And I got to baptize her. And that was a cool thing for me. That was a cool thing for me. But one of the things that Joanne wanted is she wanted to serve other people. She wanted to do that. And so what she would do is, is she would come up and she would, she would help. Like when we would have a cookout or the school would have a cookout, she would come up and she would serve at that cookout because she had shared with me she wanted. It's funny, I had someone come up to me and they said, you know, I, I just want to tell you, I heard, you know, Miss, Miss Joanne pass. And I said, yeah, she did. And they, she said, you know, it's amazing. She said, every time I smell a hot dog, I think about Miss Joanne. Because me and Miss Joanne served hot dog after hot dog after hot dog after hot dog out there. And we talked and we served hot dogs together. And so every time I think I smell a hot dog, I think about Miss Joanne. Guess what I'm doing this afternoon at Miss Joanne's uh, memorial service? Guess what I'm doing? I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I'm telling the truth. And the truth is good. It is good. I'm not lying. There's a sign on my door that, uh, that my wife got me. It said, please don't make the preacher lie at your funeral. Act in such a way so that the preacher doesn't have to lie at your funeral. That's right. I'm not lying. So, so yeah, she wasn't saved for years and years and years and years and years. And she was like all of us. She was a good person. She just didn't know Christ. And I remember three years before she passed, she accepted him. Was bab- submitted, submitted to letting a mid-40-year-old twerp put her in a tub and baptize her. That's what she did. Listen, you guys, we have to be intentional about our walk, and we have to be intentional about our spiritual growth. It's a, it's a decision. We have to be intentional. I want you to know the final thing is this. You know what's going to show that you're growing spiritually? Not your words, your actions. Your actions, our actions will show if we are growing spiritually. I want to read for you what 2 Peter says. I want to read for you what 2 Peter says. So, before I read what 2 Peter says, you can leave it up there. Before I read what 2 Peter says, I want you to remember this. Peter was a rough around the edges guy. Peter would fight you in a minute. Peter grabbed a sword and cut a soldier's ear off. Peter was always the one out in front wanting to, you know, wanting to, wanted, you know, to defend and to get, you know, he wanted to do all those things. Peter was the one that wouldn't let Jesus wash his feet because he said, nope, you can wash my feet, you can wash my whole body. Peter was the one that said, I will never, never deny you. And Peter was the one that denied him. Here's what he says. Having grown spiritually year after year after year after year and experienced God in real life year after year after year, here's what Peter says. He says this, he says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. And it says this, 
Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge. And then it says this. And knowledge with self-control and self-control with patience and patience endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for every. Remember, guys, listen, this is the guy who wanted to cut this is the guy who cut the guy's ear off. Brotherly affection with love for other people. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your what? Knowledge. The action shows the knowledge. Knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting what they have cl- that, that they have been cleansed from their old sin. Here's the test. Ask yourself these questions. Is my life prioritized around God's desires or my own? Am I finding it easier to forgive others and forgive myself or more difficult? Am I growing to love others no matter what their faults? Is there an awareness of sin in my life and a desire to change? Am I quick to speak? Uh, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, or is it the opposite? Am I engaging with the scriptures? Am I growing in a relationship and different relationships with people that are centered around Christ? Am I serving other people? Am I loving other people even though they may disagree with me on any issue? Or am I surrounding myself with just those that say, yes, yes, I agree with you? How you answer those questions will show you what fruit you have. And what fruit you have will show you if you're growing spiritually. You have to be intentional about your spiritual growth. And I want to encourage you today to get intentional. Because I don't want to lie at your funeral. I really don't. Let me pray for you. God, we're thankful for you today. We're thankful that you are a God who provides a way and provides really a, a, just a, uh, an incredible opportunity for us. Not only to repent, not only, not only to have salvation, but to have sanctification. That's what we want, God. We don't want, God, just to get saved here and to experience your salvation and then not experience anything else and just kind of be stagnant. We want to grow spiritually. We want to make a decision to grow spiritually. We want to be intentional about growing spiritually. God, everyone's steps to grow spiritually is different. You call different people to do different things. Maybe some people need to serve. Maybe some people need to dig deeper in the word. Maybe some people need to, need to connect with you more. Maybe some people need to forgive people. Maybe more people you know, need, to, need, to, uh, um, need to connect with an accountability partner, God. 
God, I pray that you would treat us as you always do, individually. Because you love us individually. And you know us individually. And as you do that, God, I pray that we would turn to you and open our lives up so that we can grow spiritually. So that things of this world will not rattle us like they used to. So that trials and tribulations will not rattle us like they used to. So that when the waves begin to toss here and there, that that will not rattle us like we used to. So that when the, when the tide comes in, that we're not knocked over because we built on the sand. God, we want our fruit to be good. We don't want you to have to burn that stuff off and start over. Start from the beginning. But God, I pray that if there's people here, there's people here who've never decided to grow spiritually, I pray that you'll have them come down today. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I have no idea where you are today. I can tell you this. One of the key things, there's a couple things. First is, if you've never accepted Christ, I want to invite you to do that. I want to invite you to do that during this final song. It's not, it's not rocket science. You come down here, and I'll pray with you. You can do it right there as well. Lord, I, I'm sorry for my sin. I repent of my sin. And Lord, I want to make you my Lord and Savior today. That's what you do. And you come down and say, hey, listen, here's what I've done today. And I'll celebrate with you. We'll warm up the baptistry and we'll, we'll get you baptized. We will. That's the first act of obedience right there. Maybe, maybe you guys have been serial dating churches. Maybe you've been hanging out and, and, and just going from church to church. Or maybe you've been here for a while and you've never joined. Hey, can I tell you something? Come join the family. We put the fun in dysfunction is what I tell everybody. All right? Come join the family. We just want to see you grow spiritually. That's our goal. We want to, Lynn, can you put it back up there, what, what our goal is? All we want to do is, is to help you experience God in real life. That's all we want to do. Your everyday life, I want to help you experience God in that. That's our goal. And that's our goal for you as well. Come join us. Come hang out with us. Maybe there's something on your heart that you just need to lay at the altar. The altar is wide open. And we have a rule here. No one comes to the altar alone. And so if you come up by yourself, you will soon feel a hand on your back because someone will come and stand with you and pray with you and for you. They'll do that. Let's stand up and have our final worship song. I'll be down front. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.